Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to the Flow and Flourish podcast. We are in week three of the Women's History Month series, and I really hope that so far you've been enjoying all of the magnificent ladies that we've had on. And just for a quick recap, in case this is your very first time listening to the podcast, welcome to your tribe and welcome to the safe space where we really do talk openly and honestly about all the things that impact our capacity, aka our ability to show up in excellence and to flow effortlessly so that we can flourish tremendously. Everything that we talk about is rooted in the five flow pillars. And if you have not checked those out yet, then I do recommend you go back to the first five or six episodes, take a listen because they really do break down what this podcast is all about, and they help you understand which area of your life may be out of flow or that you might have a blocked flow. So go on back again to the beginning and make sure you subscribe when you're doing that because we have so much great content here that you are just going to love. So go ahead and subscribe at your earliest convenience. I realized that I kind of stopped introducing myself, so allow me to reintroduce myself. I am your host and capacity coach, Nicole Roan, and it is my absolute pleasure to be your guide on this journey through figuring out your capacity and creating a life that is designed on your terms. So don't hesitate to reach out to me in any way, shape, or form. I do not bite. I love to hear from you guys. And I'll, of course, drop all the social media handles at the end and in the notes. But again, I'm your host. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for tuning in today. Speaking of today, I know that we've talked about the heart flow pillar. We've talked about the health pillar. And now we're talking all about faith today. And I have my girl, Grace, who is blessing us. We are talking all about the benefits of obedience. And before I jump into introducing her, I do want you to know that this episode is being brought to you by my Balance Booster, which is a 60-minute intensive coaching session where I help you get clarity and unblock your flow in one of the five pillars. So whether you're struggling with something that's going on in your heart, if you're needing some help deciding on your next best step when it comes to work, if you're trying to tap into what's going on with your faith, I am your girl. This 60-minute individual coaching session is really designed to bring you the results, give you the clarity, and help you to take your next best step. If you are tired of going in circles and trying to figure it out on your own, head on over to my website, NicoleRone.com, and book your free discovery call so that we can see if the balance booster is a fit for you. Okay, so let's get into this bio for Grace because she has shared so much information with us from her particular story and how she got to where she is and what she's doing now. So let me go right ahead and just read you her formal bio. Grace is the CEO of Smile Biz LLC, which is a personal development company where she teaches high-performing women how to live a balanced lifestyle to gain a life of peace, prestige, purpose, and prosperity. She is a board-certified mental health nurse practitioner, a transformational coach, speaker, and published author. She created multiple signature courses in her program, Woman Arise Academy, 
to help women maximize their professional and personal growth. She also mentors women for spiritual and personal growth in her Facebook community, The Woman Arise Tribe. With over eight years of experience working in mental health, three years of coaching and mentoring women, plus managing her own experiences with work-life balance, Grace is not only an expert in what she teaches, she also brings a personal aspect to it as well. Help me welcome Miss Grace to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Okay, Grace, ma'am. Oh, I have you in the place, ma'am. Welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Oh, gosh, you are so welcome. I want to let everybody know how we met. And do you realize that it was about two years ago that was it this month? Yeah, it was at the yeah. end. Yeah, it was March. Yeah, I remember ATL. ATL, <laughs> shawty. Um, <laughs> so we met at the speaking and coaching retreat hosted by the lovely Mr. and Mrs. Marshawn Evans Daniels. It probably should have been the other way around, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Marshawn Evans Daniels was there and we were there for three days, really investing in ourselves, sewing into becoming the best coaches and speakers that we could be so that we could show up in excellence and be here for you guys. And it was not by happenstance that Grace and I met and connected and of course have stayed connected since that day two years ago. And so sis, I'm so grateful for your guest to be on the podcast today and just want you to tell everybody a little bit about you, how you got into this space, and then we'll jump into how being obedient and the benefits of being obedient. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. As Nicole said, we met in ATL for the coaching speaking retreat. So we was there for a couple of days. It was very amazing. By trade, I am a board certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. I'm also a transformational coach and a speaker and a published author. So come into the space, the book, right? You working on it. And I'm working. Yeah, I'm working on my latest book. It's a memoir. I'm excited about it. This book is a deliverance book. It really just touches on a lot of things that I've struggled through in my life and the choices I've made in my life and how God really delivered me. You know, I consider myself a disciple for Christ and everything I do flows from faith. So, you know, this book was very challenging to write, but at the same token, it needed to stretch me. So everything I pretty much do is from a deliverance point of view, even down to my coaching, because I truly believe when we are spiritually well, we're mentally and emotionally well, there's so much that we can do, so much that we are called to, but we have to get ourselves in the right headspace in order to do that. And that's why I'm working mental health. You know, I really believe that God has called me into this arena. So no matter what assignment that he gives me, is always aligned with some type of healing, deliverance, just being a better version of yourself. I wouldn't even say the best version of yourself. I always say better version of yourself because God was intentional when he created us and nothing's wrong with us. We're not broken people. Mm. He just wants us to be a better version of ourselves, right? So- And it's it, a process, evolving. It's a process, always, always evolving. You would never get to a place, I'll be honest with you, wholeness is a lifetime journey because a lot of things happen in our lives that can set us back if we allow it to. So that's how pretty much why I do what I do. Get into this space. It really was a spiritual divine connection. As Marshawn always says, a divine connection. 
Um, as Nicole has said, we met in ATL and I actually heard about Marshawn through another platform that I did. I always consider like a form of Christian counseling that I was part of. And she was actually a speaker there and she did like a masterclass and she had her wonderful book, Believe Bigger. And I was like, I'm going to get this book. This lady's dope. And I went and got the book read the book. I'm like, this book is so awesome. Right? You know, it was very encouraging. I was like, oh, this is so encouraging. And at that time I was going through my spiritual awakening at the time I hadn't been in church in like over 17 years. Mm-hmm. And although I grew up in church, I didn't have my own relationship with God. It was pretty much based on the coattail of my mother. Cause my mother's a deaconess and I ran away from church for such a long time. So that was a time period where I had a lot of personal things I went through and I was really transitioning, trying to figure out who I am, trying to figure out how to unpack all this trauma I've been through, my relationship with my dad, all these things that was going on in me. So I was grateful to be in the space I was to even be in the presence of this woman that just believed bigger. And after I read the book, God started downloading me. And when I got back, had my come to Jesus moment, right? I like to say my Damascus moment because God met me at the point of my need and met me on my bedroom floor. He started downloading me about me getting into ministry, getting into single moms ministry, women's ministry. And he wanted me to go back to writing. I started blogging, but he wanted me to go back to writing, being creative, just writing, writing your thoughts, writing stories is always what I've done because it was escape for me. Something that I used to I like to say my therapy. I didn't realize it was therapy growing up. I just thought it was just something fun and creative to do. So he got me back into writing. I was like, okay, well, and basically he wanted me to write about the different things women encounter, whether it's a rejection issues, acceptance, anxiety, all these different things, but use it through a biblical lens. So I started writing through a biblical lens, using our life issues, life stressors and using biblical stories to illustrate that because people see the Bible and don't understand that, man, these were real people. These are not just characters in a book. These are real people who were human beings who went through different things and different struggles. And I wanted to illustrate that because I was like, if someone sees my page, they don't even know who God is. This may be a chance for them to learn who God is and learn that, yes, you've gone through all these things, but you can overcome. So my first blog I wrote was about Agar. And Hagar is a single mom and people never saw it through that perspective because they always saw it as like Sarah's maid servant, the woman that Abraham slept with and had Ishmael. But Agar was a single mom and Mm -hmm. me being a single mom, I could relate to that. And I'm sure other women. So I wrote it through that perspective of you're not your circumstances and to show other women like God's grace, you know, it was God's grace. You have to forgive yourself of the poor choices that you've made. So I read it through that and it was, it resonated with people. I was like, oh my God, it's resonating. just to write. I know. I didn't know where it was going to go. I just walked in obedience and did what he asked me to do. I didn't know nothing about blogging. I know about writing. I didn't know about blogging. I didn't know about websites. I had to learn all that stuff. He taught me how to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. and set it up. So I went through there, was doing the ministry, did the podcasting. And then as I was working in that 2019, I was like, well, going to 2019, I prayed like, God, what's the vision you want for Smile Biz? Because that was the name of my blog. It was never a company. It was just Smile Biz, Single Moms of Crabby Living Empowered. And he was like, well, you know, I want you to start a company. I'm like, start a company? <laughs> Ain't that the reaction? Like, I'm sorry, say what? Lord, do what? 
That's exactly how I looked. I'm like, sir, I just graduated from grad school. I just passed my boards as a psych MP. I'm about to get it. I have a job. What? Ain't nobody got time for that. About, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, um, I don't know about this. This is too much. You asked me to start this ministry. I did the ministry. Now you want me to do a company? I don't know about all that. <laughs> so I was like, well, if this is what you want me to do, if you want me to get into speaking, because everyone always told me, in fact, when I started blogging, one of my good friends was helping with a logo. She had referred me to someone for my logo to design my logo for me. She said, Grace, you're going to be speaking. Mm. She told me on her couch, she said, Grace, you're going to be speaking. You're going to be speaking to women. You're going to be speaking to different people. You're going to share your story. I said, girl, I ain't speaking to nobody. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to write just it now. <laughs> Cancel and Christmas. That's all I'm about to do. Yeah. I said, I do videos. That's it. But that's about how far am I speaking? Me on someone's platform to speak? I don't think so. So that's what she, she was prophetically spoke that over my life. And I was like, okay, but look at me now. I'm speaking different places, right? So when I got through with the Marshawn, I was like, man, I want to work with this lady. She's so dope. You know what I mean? I want to work with her. And then I was looking, searching her online. I saw she did some stuff on, even on The Apprentice. I'm like, this lady's like everywhere, right? Then I was looking at her packaging price. I was like, Lord, I can't afford her. What am I going to afford her? <laughs> like, Lord, no, I can't afford her. So I put everything in the back burner until he brought the company thing back to me in 2019, the beginning of 2019. I said, well, who's going to help me? And then Marshawn came in my head. And then I was already, I think, on her email list for something. Mm-hmm. So I saw she had this tele-seminar thing coming up. I was like, well... It don't hurt for me to jump on. I mean, what harm is it going to do? Right. You know, you've already seen her in person. So it's not right. Like you don't know right. the value and connect- exactly what she brings to the table. She already did the master class in the group I was in. I was like, okay, I just, you know, see what's it about or whatever. It ain't hurt. It's free. I might as well do it. I've been asking God, make a way for me to work with her. Let me see what happens. So I got on the Tullis seminar. She was talking about, and then she was talking about speaking for pay. And all this stuff or whatever. And her husband, you know, he was on there. Jack was on there and everything. And it was like, I was like, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. You're trying to line this. I said, what's the price? And then I saw what she was offering. I'm like, I got to do this. Like, I've been praying about a way to get into this. She's so dope, you know, and it's reasonable. I can do this, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had to hop on a plane. And I'm like, hop on a plane. It was a lot, and I had to figure out with my son. So I called my son's grandmother, and I was telling her, and she knew about Marshawn. I told her, I said, listen, this is the guy that's speaking to me. He told me I got to do this company. He brought Marshawn back in my spirit. I've been wanting to work with her. She has this thing going on. I mean, it cannot. it's not a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. This is alignment. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. I need to do this. So she worked with me. We made arrangements for my son. That night of that thing, I signed up. I made sure I got my tickets to go to Atlanta. I knew they was going to help us with the hotel, the group thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got that together. I was like, I'm going. I'm going. And I hopped on that good old plane. I didn't know what to expect. I was scared. I didn't know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I just got to do this because I don't want to regret it. I want to be like saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, what would have happened if I didn't do this? Mm-hmm. So I did it scared and I did it. And I just, I went and I met you and I met all the wonderful women connected. And I'm like, they taught, got the framework and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And that very year, I started working on courses and I hosted my first workshop that year. 
and it's gone from there. You know what I'm saying? It's gone from there. And I'm like, okay, I am a coach now. Even in my practice, I do, when I speak to people, you know, we do work on things about purpose planning goals and just getting them to the right emotional space, you know, mental space to be able to do things they need to do. Mm -hmm. So all this stuff intertwined, I truly believe that, you know, as women, we really can do anything if we just get in alignment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe that like society likes to put women in a box. Like, oh, well, if you're a mom, you can't have a career. If you're a stay at home mom, you can't have a business. If you do this, you always, always something thrown at you. And I just don't believe I stand on John 10, 10. God said he came to give us a life and life more abundantly. And I truly believe that it's not just wealth, prosperity in that sense. It could be an abundance of peace, abundance of joy. It's just abundance. You know what I mean? Love. So, so different things. Right. So it's about your alignment. So I was like, okay, well, I'm called to women. I'm calling to minister to women. I can use my life story. I have all these strategies I've used to get to where I am now, working in private practice and having to all these patients I see, plus be a mom, plus run a business you can do it. You can thrive if you truly want it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not lip service. It does require you to be consistent. It does require you to have systems and strategies in place, a good support system. There's a lot of things that go taking care of you. There's a lot of things that come in there. It's not like it's there and then you just grab it, obviously. But I was like, okay, I can help women with their stress management. I can help women work-life balance. I can help women purpose planning, all this stuff. I can work with leadership. I've been in leadership all my life. I've done some form of leadership all my life, how to communicate. So I came up with these courses and started that. And he gave me the academy last year. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I got into space. I went from giving my life back to God, meeting all these wonderful people, blogging, podcasting to where I am now. Business (laughs) and coming to coach, ma'am. Oh my God. That's how it So you said so much and it just, it's the essence of what we're talking about today. When you are being obedient Mm -hmm. and what you may not know, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I too, so I was introduced to Marshawn through Patrice's podcast, got the book and was like, oh, she's so dope. Same thing. I Mm -hmm. need to meet her. I want to work with her. I saw her prices as well. And it was like, Jesus, you're going to have to literally take the wheel. <laughs> but, like, we real, right? It was, mm-hmm. I was like, the way my budget set up, I got to check in. I got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> She's worth it. You know what I mean? But I was looking for an opportunity to work with her. I also talked to one of my coworkers about how amazing she was. And it just so mm-hmm. happened that my coworkers, friend owned a publishing company and Mm-hmm. Marshawn was speaking at the event. I was like, I don't care what the tickets cost. I'm going. So got there, purchased her find your voice course and was blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh. So like you, I prayed for an opportunity to connect with her. And it was at the end of 2018. Like I want to say December 28th, almost. And I was on that same telecall teleseminar where she was talking about this program. And I said, I have to get there. So I made an executive decision. I purchased the package so that I could Mm -hmm. get there. And Mm -hmm. then boom, less than three weeks later, I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so that's when my come to Jesus moment happened. Mm -hmm. And what many people don't know is that while in the hospital, once I was finally like downgraded from ICU after a week, I was like, I don't know what y'all talking about, but 
I need to get well so I can get out of here. Let me go and hurry up and book my hotel rooms and book my flights. And so still not knowing, God told me, book what you need to book because you need to be there. So Mm -hmm. I was being obedient. I was afraid. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense. I didn't know how I was going to pay for any of this, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even know if I was going to get out the hospital. I had just got done begging God to like spare my life so that I could get back home. Mm -hmm. But even when it came down to in time to get on the plane, I was like, God, I'm scared. I don't want to go. I was so close to not coming there. Mm -hmm. And I had to literally rely on faith. Yeah. And coming there, meeting you, like you said, meeting all these other women. It was the power of obedience. This is the result and the benefits of that. So Mm -hmm. starting this podcast, you've introduced me to wonderful ladies who I'm now in connection with and writing Mm -hmm. in magazines and doing all these different things. Mm Ma'am, so talk to me about what you feel the benefits of obedience are, because you've talked about, you know, your story, being away from church for so long and then coming back, giving your life to God, being obedient. And listening, even when it didn't make sense, like, okay, so you want me to do what now? Like, okay, so you told me to start this podcast. I did that. Now you're talking about this business? Because, you know, I just left my job in December. And Jesus Mm. told me after I was in the hospital in 2019, told me then to quit my job. And I was like, see, what we ain't going to do is, you know, I already hopped on a plane. I I did that already. I was in the middle of separating from my husband. I'm like, so you want me to leave the husband? I just spent money I did not have going to Mm -hmm. this lady. You Mm -hmm. know, not that she's just some lady, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Now you want me to quit my job too? Yeah, girl. Let me tell me. So talk to me about obedience for you, and what are some of the benefits that you've experienced and that you coach your clients on. It's like, it's like how when you were talking about that, when you were saying that what came into my mind was Elisha, when he was plowing, right? And God came to him and he literally burned everything. Goose there was up. no going back. Latika and I just talked about this. You just talked about that. See how the Lord works. Information, yes. Yeah, he burned everything. There was no coming back because the reason why he burned everything is so he wouldn't have a reason to come back. And that's what obedience looked like. You burn the bridge, so you have you burn you burn whatever is going to try to bring you back. Obedience is literally walking out there, not knowing and not making sense, and you still do it anyway. You truly have to trust in God to be obedient. Mm. You really have to. Like, there's no gray area. There's no halfway point, and there's consequences to not being obedience. Let's talk about that. I know we'll talk about some of the good benefits, but what are some of those consequences that? I know I've suffered that I'm sure you've suffered when mm-hmm. you do not listen and you're not obedient to what God has dropped in your spirit or put on your heart or whispered in your mm-hmm. ear, however your encounter is, right? Yeah. What are some of the consequences of not doing that? It really delays your purpose. It delays your purpose. You know, it derails, I would say it derails your purpose, not walking in obedience. It puts you in situations that you could have easily avoided. Mm. I know life happens and things still happen to us, but I truly believe there's certain circumstances as kingdom citizens, there's just certain circumstances we could avoid if we just listen to God. And I know, for example, for me, actually my come to Jesus moment was when I didn't just come to Jesus just because, oh, I woke up morning. Okay, God, I'm ready. 
That is not how it how Holly happened. Come on now. Tell the truth. God had to strip <laughs> everything from me. Mm-hmm. Everything. Many people know I was in a seven-year relationship. And in the middle of us planning our wedding, he didn't want it anymore. Wow. And um, Ooh, that's heavy. It was hard for me. <laughs> I've gotten to a place where I got comfortable to talk about it. It took me a whole year to be comfortable to talk about it after, the, after it happened. Okay. It was healing, right? That's yeah, it was healing. That. Yeah, I had to go through that process. And he didn't want it anymore. And I don't blame him because we were having more arguments more conflicts. There was a lot of family issues that was already there before, but it felt like it got, just got more magnitude. I think God was also showing me things as well. And I was nowhere to, right? Like, yeah, things I wasn't exactly. So, and I wasn't ready to be no one's wife. I'll be honest with you. I was very emotionally immature, selfish, wanted to do what I wanted to do. Being a single mom for such a long time, even I didn't really strip of those things before I met him. So, you know, the independent woman syndrome type of thing, um, <laughs> which is, a I, thing, yeah, I didn't, it's like, I let him in, but I still like, I always had in my back of my mind because I dealt with abandonment issues from childhood and having mm-hmm. my father not in my life for so many years, majority of my early childhood, we lived in a battered woman shelter. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen what healthy relationship looks like. I've always seen dysfunction. I've always seen people leave my life and come back. That's always what my life has always been. So it was always hard for me to let people in and let people like back in my mind, I always felt like they're going to leave anyway. All these people that left me, they're going to leave anyway. And me being growing up and being in the woman's battered, you know, the battered woman shelter, you don't really make a lot of friendships because as soon as you make a friend, they find placement or they, they find housing or something like that. And you know what I mean? So I've always had a difficult time building authentic relationships and friendships because in the back of my mind I always felt like that person is going to abandon me just like my dad did or that person is going to abandon me just like whoever should have could have you know the people that been in my life did and that's why I also write in my book and because of that I always used to say to him well you can leave I would say things that are very damaging and didn't have respect for him at all I didn't know first thing about being anyone's wife I just felt like, okay, we have history. We've been doing this all this time. Let's just get married. You know, he's proposed to me. But at the same token, I felt like it was more so of this is the time. We've been together for all this long. Let's just do it. Not necessarily like, oh, he was never who God wanted me to be with, first of all. Mm -hmm. But me not having a true relationship with God, I couldn't really see that. And the signs were there before and being as though I had my own dysfunction and my own issues, my own abandonment issues and all that stuff. I felt like, oh, well, he assessed me for who I am with all the dysfunction. Where am I going to find someone who knows all this stuff about me and still want to be with me? So I stayed knowing that this may not be the right thing because we were always having some issue, Mm -hmm. right? And I always felt like, well... The good outweighs the bad. Like, this is so good. I can't. He's the first God. I can't. I've had all these horrible relationships and all these choices I made, and all these situationships and all this stuff. This is the first time I actually have somebody who's about that life. Like, I can't lose this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were comfortable so, with the uncomfortable parts. You didn't want to exactly. let it go because exactly. it was, you know, starting over and starting over. 
it's so scary to say that yeah because so many yeah it's scary grace like we stay in situationships like you said because we're afraid to let go because we don't know what's on the other side and we want things to be in our head and in our heart the way we want it when all along right. God has a plan for us God and has so, a plan go ahead God girl. has a plan no you need to speak that girl someone need to hear that my brother actually warned me about him when I, my brother and him have their own issues of why they departed from friendship. It wasn't necessarily because of me, but he was my brother's friend before him and I ever interacted. And I never really knew of him, even though he was around. I never was around my parents like that family like that at that time to know who I lived out here in Montgomery County. They lived in Baltimore. So he's always been kind of around, but my brother was like, when I was like, crying about him, cause I met him of course through Facebook on my brother's post. And my brother's like, uh, you better not. My brother straight up told me. Come on, big no. brother. He's my younger brother, but he act like he's my big brother. That's all right. But, he, but God used him like grace. He got some anger problems. My brother straight up told me. And I was like, I don't see that. I don't see what y'all see. Like, he's dope. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Then I kept telling my brother, I said, well, there's nothing going on between us anyway. I'm just a crime. I'm just asking. Like, it was really nothing going on or whatever. And he slotted because I think at that time he had slid in my DMs at that time, but I wasn't, I'm not, I can't remember the whole story if he did. But anyway, we started interacting. I kept downplaying, like, ain't nothing going on between him and I, blah, blah, blah. And we actually started out just as friends. We wasn't even, it was more like friends with benefits. He's younger than me. I wasn't really looking for a commitment. And that goes that commitment fold thing I had, mm-hmm. right? From all of the damage the heartbreak I've caused people, the heartbreak I've had. So I didn't really want to be in a relationship, but I wanted the benefits of it, right? So we actually had stopped a friendship because of something he did and it triggered me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want anything to do with him anymore. I was like, I'm done. And he wound up coming back like a couple months later and I asked my girlfriend, I like, should I give him a chance? Because he done did this thing that triggered me and I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. But we wound up actually being together at that point in time. The first first half we wasn't. It was just friends with benefits. Quick too. Even at that point, what was your gut saying, and was God telling you what to do? I couldn't hear God. That's the point. Okay, I couldn't hear God because I didn't have that relationship with Him where I can discern in the spirit. I knew that what He did. After I had a conversation about something, he came back and did it. I knew that triggered me. I knew that was an emotional point for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I've always been the type of person, obviously different now, the way I see things, the way I treat people, you know, interact with people. But mm-hmm. because I've always been a people pleaser and always want to give people chances after chances, after chances, even after they screw up so many times to show you they're not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me give him another chance and see if he can redeem himself. So if God was showing me something, I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. Be honest with you. Let me ask you something else too. Cause even at that point, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I say mm-hmm. that all the time, but what I found is part of that was me not having boundaries and yes. me not really knowing my worth and being That's willing right. to deal with stuff because I was afraid to be alone. That's and right. So often we're stuck in that space and we can't hear God because we're so focused on trying to make stuff work and seeing what we want to see. That's right. Was that and that's exactly what I was going through. Okay. I didn't value myself on the outside. 
I was confident on the outside, I'm killing it. But on the inside, I'm a hot mess. Ooh. And I didn't want people to see that about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I just I'm paid this. Yeah, no, no. yeah, I just paid this facade. Right. I just. <laughs> exactly. So I just paid this falsehood like, I'm good. I'm good. He's good with my son. You know what I mean? Like, and there was things about him that attracted me to him, about him being ambitious. And I saw that he was killing in school, all these different other qualities. So I didn't, I felt like those qualities, they overrode the immaturity. Mm-hmm. They overrode the vindictive personality that I saw later on after we broke up. That's always been there, but I finally started to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't, that, that's all. Yeah. I didn't want to accept the fact that all this other stuff he had, that it was dysfunctional. I didn't want to accept that. So we went through this world of being together for seven years. And when you have history with someone, your life just intertwines and all this stuff is like, you want to make it work. And then the embarrassment of not making it work was also holding me back too, because I'm like, then I have to admit to all these people that they were right. I have to like, I have to go and face these people. Like I'm embarrassed. Like I thought this was the one I thought this relationship was going to last. Like that was what was more eating me up and made me like, okay, but I always thank him because he had the courage to see like this ain't going to work. And regardless what his reasoning was, I thank him. I never believed that he left. I believe that God removed him. It was just a shift. Let me say something because that shame and guilt and embarrassment of not wanting to admit to other people or make it seem as though things didn't work. I went through that similarly with my marriage because like you, I've known my husband for a really long time and my brother was very upset. First of all, when I was pregnant at 18 (laughs) by him. Mm -hmm. And then even when we made it right and got married, he was like, I don't support this. And so there I understood then, but I didn't want to see certain things. And to be in a position where I was literally separating from my husband, I didn't want to deal with the, I told you so's. And so that kept me suffering in silence for a really, really long time. And so for you recognizing now that he didn't leave, God removed him. How has that obedience shifted your life in a positive way? Just to know that God always has our best interests. I think sometimes when bad things happen, we're like, well, why God, why did this? Because I went through my angry moment. You know, when you Mm -hmm. go through those stages of healing, I was angry at God for a very long time. Like, why would you keep me and allow me to be in this relationship (laughs) all these years? And we didn't even make it to the altar. You let this man propose to me, blah, blah, blah. I went through that. Yeah. And I had to go through that so God can get the glory. I had to go through that because God said, listen, I'm still in control. And he does give us free will. He's gentle like that. I still made a choice. He presented me other options. He presented me an escape How many times he gave me a chance to get out of that relationship? But you stayed, yeah. But I stayed because I thought I could, it could get better. I thought that, you know, I saw the good parts of him, the parts that were mature. And I'm like, okay, he just needs more love. He just needed, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And that wasn't it. 
I needed to stay in there too. That needed to happen too, because he brought out the worst of me. And I need to see that grace, you are not, no matter how much you want to let the world think you're perfect, you got some issues. You got, you still got some abandonment issues. Yeah. You got some rejection issues. You don't value yourself. You don't accept yourself. So you just tolerate anything. Mm. I needed to see that. I need to see the anger, how harbored anger and resentment in my heart. So I need to be in a dysfunctional relationship for that season for me to show how just dysfunctional I was because it's not just him. I got to take responsibility in the part that I played in our relationship. You know what I'm saying? And our relationship was always advertised on social media. Like people really thought, well, they're a power couple. They didn't see all the arguments and conflicts. Like, and I know every couple goes through those certain things, but they didn't see the intensity. You know what I mean? Because we put up a front and God had to show me I'm still in control. God had to show me I stripped you because I wanted you to get naked in front of me. I want you to be vulnerable because you can fool all these other people, but you can't fool me because I created you. Ma'am, can we pause there and talk about that? (laughs) We can. Listen, we oftentimes, I know I have, I thought that I could pull the wool over God's eyes, right? And say, I am fine. I'm good. I don't know what these people talking about. And you know, he said, being in social media, doing it for the gram, like we look good and on social media, but behind closed doors have been a hot mess, crying, stressed out, dealing with dysfunction. But you also brought up a good point that everything that happens to us isn't actually because it's happening to us. It's for us. It's for us. And Now I know you're using all the things that you've been through to help other women who may be struggling with the same thing. So thank you for really being able to use that experience and all of your experiences, not only to help in the mental health space, but also as a coach. Goodness gracious. God bless you for everything. He didn't name you Grace for nothing, right? (laughs) Came with all the grace. And I listen. Like, yes, you have to give yourself grace, like you give everybody else. And it sounds like you've learned how to do that. Yeah, it took a long time because I had to forgive myself for the choices I made. I had to forgive my dad. I had to forgive my ex. I had to forgive everybody who I felt like betrayed me because of the dysfunctional relationships and not just in a romantic setting, parental people who I trusted, even when I write in the book, a family friend I trusted. He was my father's friend. And when I was in my vulnerable moment, things I was going through, I really thought that he was going to be down for me. He made it seem he was going to be down for me. Thank God he didn't sexually violate me, but he came close to it. And it just added another layer to my distrust, distrust for people. It had add another layer of me not want to get close to people because I'm like, God, I trust people. And then they do this crazy stuff like, you know, and I had to forgive myself because for a long time I used to blame myself like, well, if I didn't go to his house, none of that stuff would have happened. If I didn't do this, none of that, you know, I had to forgive myself and understand that like, I'm not in control of other people's behavior. I'm only in control of my choices. I'm only in control of my behavior, my responses. So I had to get to a place of forgiveness so I could heal and let those people go. I sat in it. I had to sit in it. I had to process my wishes. Because sometimes 
things happen to us. We just want to go to the next thing versus processing it. And I teach that all the time, even in coaching and as a psychic beat. You got to sit in your emotions and process those things. You cannot be avoidant because all you're doing is really putting a Band-Aid on something. It's kind of like how a volcano eventually is going to erupt. And that's what I was going through. I had all this bottle stuff since in my heart since I was eight years old and never really dealt with it, never really got help for it, never really did anything with it. And I started projecting on other people and started manifesting in the type of people that I will attach myself to. And then it just blew up. You know what I'm saying? So we got to sit and process our emotions and understand like, okay, God, I hear you. Here is it. Here, take it. So I had to surrender myself. And that's where the obedience, I had to surrender that stuff. Cause I was like, how long am I going to continue walking around with resentment in my heart for my dad? Like how long am I going to continue just getting into these situationships or these relationships that are unhealthy? Like how long am I going to continue doing this? I have a child. I have a son. I want him to see what a healthy relationship will look like. But the way he can see how a healthy relationship looks like, I have to be, have a healthy relationship with myself. So it sounds like you had to surrender, right? And let it Mm -hmm. go, give it to God. And then tell me how your faith played into you having the capacity to get into all of the things that you're in now, your faith and your obedience. Yeah. So it started with, like I said, surrender, submission is obedience. So I had to submit. That's the number one thing. I had to submit. So I submitted to whatever God wanted me to do. Uh, Even if I was like, oh, like my first book, I wrote, I don't want to write that. Don't we always um, say that? I don't want to do that. And then when you get into it and you're done, you're like, man, why it take me so long to do that? It takes you so long. It's because you it's delayed. I read a meme on Facebook one time. It said procrastination is just delayed obedience. That's what, and it's true. That's procrastination is just delayed obedience. Mm. Your inconsistency is a lack of obedience too, because if you're consistent, a lot I had posted few days ago and I was like it's not your lack of faith it's your lack of consistency Girl, a lot of times consistency we, is my word for this year like yeah in every area of my life because you that, gotta be consistent that's where the magic happens that's oh. where the magic happens they know you gotta be consistent like you can't put a seed in the ground don't water it don't tend to it it's not the right soil and then you expect it to grow you gotta be consistent So my faith requires me, even my faith requires me to be consistent Mm -hmm. because the enemy will come and put all kinds of things in your head, put doubt in your hair, put anxiety. I mean, this is part of our human nature, like human factor. There's not no one that doesn't go through worry and stuff like that. He's not coming for you per se. He's coming for what you carry because when you tap into what you carry, (laughs) listen, when you tap into what you carry, like hell is shook, period. And that's an hell is shook, right? They come. What you say? I said, and that's an understatement. Like they mad, mad. They mad, mad. They got the cape on. They super mad. <laughs> when a person tapping into who they are and their authority, man, you can shift things. And your faith, you have to be consistent in your faith because you can easily be rocked off your faith, and it happens. But you got to get back up and like ask God, like, God, like, you know, God has been really showing out because I'm one of those people that pray dangerous prayers. I ain't afraid 
I used to be afraid to ask God, you know, not like God is a genie or anything, but I used to be afraid to ask God questions. People like, we shouldn't question God. Why shouldn't you? I asked God, like, God, right now I am hanging by a thread. I need you to show me some tangible evidence. Yes. I need something. <laughs> and it's something it's important to get that though, because I know we all run around and make it seem like, you know, faith is easy. Faith without works is dead. But when you are doing, 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 and you don't see things that are tangible, that faith get real thin. It's like skating on down. And Ma'am. I love that you pray for something tangible because I pray for so some tangible. People do that though, right? Like I was talking to my brother the other day and he would pray for specific things. Like when he moved from Chicago to California or to Florida, he would say, God, let me hear from X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. by X, Y, and Z time. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the tangible, like to confirm yeah. for me. Yep. And then would hear from that person. And it's like, okay, this is what I know I need to do. So he does it all this. And that's what I've been praying. Even the job that I'm working now, I went through my little stuff with the job. But before I got a job, I prayed. I said, God, I want a job close to my house. Mm-hmm. I want a job with a flexible scheduling, mm-hmm. outpatient, and it has to be competitive pay. I speak, I don't tell God how to do things, but I speak on things because I'm in expectancy. And it's just like the word says, like life and death lie in the power of your tongue. So being able to, God already knows your heart. He's waiting on you to say it. And then he went on you to say it. That's it. That's it. He's waiting on you to say, because his word does not return to him void. God is the word people. See, the thing about Christianity, well, me, I never believe in religiosity anyway. I am about the relationship with God. Yes, because I love God is why I honor his words. I honor his laws. Mm-hmm. you know, because I love him because I want to honor him and I have a relationship with him. It's not because the Bible told me to, mm-hmm. it's not because of some religiosity. So I think when we get to a place where we have that intimate relationship with God, we don't come to God like an orphan. Mm-hmm. We are his children. We're not orphans. So why are we keep coming to God like, God, <laughs> why are we coming to God like that when we should be coming to God with authority? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're an orphan Annie or something. Right. When in the beginning, he said that he gave dominion. Ooh. He gave us dominion. So why are you coming to God like you're orphan Annie? That's not how God wants us to come to him. So when I go in prayer, I pray things specific. I believe in specific prayers. I believe in dangerous prayers. I would tell God literally, God, if this is not your will for my life, block it. I do the same thing. And you would be amazed. Some people are afraid to pray that because certain people, relationships, jobs, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things will just- You're afraid he's going to do it. Right. Because you're not ready to let it go. That's what it boils down to. Oh my gosh. You're not ready to let it go. You're not ready to let it go. So you're not going to ask God to do something with it. Not me. Cause I've been through so much stuff, but I made my own decisions instead of consulting God first. God was always the last resort versus the first resort. So no, anything, if there's something that comes in my life, opportunity person, I don't care who it is. I always ask God, God, if this is your will, then let it be fruitful. Let it produce what you want it to produce. Give me the grace. Give me the wisdom and understanding to be able to pursue this and get through this. If it is not, block it. And I kid you not, he blocks it. And that's how I see for sure what is God's will for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I pray those things. I ask God for a word. Ask God to send me this. I need to see this. Like God, like reveal this person to me. Mm -hmm. 
but you have to have an intimate relationship with him where you're sensitive in the spirit to be able to hear that. Because if you don't have an intimate, he can show you all kinds of stuff and it's just going to, yes, you got to know how God even speaks to you because God speaks to all of us differently. You know what I'm saying? But you have to have that intimate relationship with him. You have to just one act of obedience. Look how you got on a plane. That one act of obedience. That's all it takes. Changed my life. Yes. And that's all it takes. What I hear you saying is that when you're obedient, I wrote down a couple of things. Number one, you got to submit. You have to have consistency. And even with that consistency, you got to be resilient. You have to walk in expectancy and you have to be sensitive to the spirit. And I think those are all the things that we need. And we need to have those as we learn how to be obedient. And that is also a process and that's okay. Your level of obedience changes with your level of relationship with spirit and understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, man. Because there's times I'm like, ah, mm -mm. All the time, every other day. I'm not going to lie. Like, girl, just there's so many different things. There are days, and I talked about this in the live with Patrice today. There are days where I don't feel like doing nothing. I don't want to get on a live. I don't feel like recording a podcast. But then I remember my why. I remember Mm -hmm. what my one act of obedience has done and how it's led me down this path. And then I get up, I do it with a smile, and I'm glad that I've done it afterwards. Now, I might be tired later. But that's okay. And that's what obedience is about. It's showing up and doing what God has told you to do, what has dropped in your spirit, what you feel led to do based on spirit, not just emotion, right? Exactly, because your emotions will trick you. The heart is deceitfully wicked. (laughs) It is. Okay, so ma'am, this has been such a great interview. I want to close and first ask you a couple of questions that I ask everybody. And then I want you to tell us a little bit about what you have going on and how people can find you. So let's start with those questions. So number one, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with the 17-year-old version of yourself and give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Show up as your authentic self. Ooh. I think just being who you are it does just open doors for you, but I think it just puts you in a space where you're more accepting of, of yourself. You know, I think it does help with your personal growth. So you show up who your authentic self. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He was intentional about you. So why not be who you are? You're actually slapping God in the face when you don't show up as your authentic self because you're telling God like how you designed me wasn't good enough. So I would tell my 17 year old self, that be your authentic self regardless, no matter what. You know I'm clutching my pearls over here because Oh, sorry. Girl, I just be child though. Daddy gonna be like not me. This is not me. Anytime I come on something, I ask God, let me be less than you be greater than, like John said. Yes, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, number two, because we are on the flow and flourish podcast, tell me something that you do on a regular basis to make sure that you're able to flow and flourish every day. I think when you came on my show, I had said that I have to get up and pray and read my word. Because <laughs> listen, listen, at the end of the day, I may be saved, saved, but sometimes you may catch these hands on off day. So I try need to pray. Me. Don't try me. <laughs> listen. Like they listen. Don't be fooled. 
Because the personality is still the same. It's hurt. <laughs> the personality is still the same. So I need the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love it. I'm just keeping a buck. I'm not one of those people that walk around. I'm so sanctified. No. You throw hands. Saved, but I have my hood tendencies. <laughs> and everybody is a sinner, right? I might slip this thing. And knock you upside the head. Uh, listen, I love it. <laughs> listen. So I have to pray when I get up, and I intentionally get up extra early, even when I don't want to. I get up extra oh, early. Look to, at that. Yes, I have to because I know what it's like. I know what it is not to, and my whole day's thrown off. My attitude is more certain things that I have. My patience is less. Mm-hmm. And then working in mental health and have to deal with people and their trauma. And there's some people who are okay. There's some people who just come with all their mess to you mm-hmm. and project everything to you. If I don't have the Holy Spirit, I don't want to say anything out of anger, or frustration. Yeah. Because my words are, like you said, there's life and death in our tongue. So I don't want to say something out of frustration to one of my patients or anyone I interact with because I'm upset about something. Yeah. It's not fair to them. So I'm in yeah. a space where I have to be mentally well and spiritually well. And the only way to do that is to have God wake up in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I do. I love it. I love it. Okay. Last but not least, I know we talked about so many things. You shared so much. What is the one thing that you want the listeners to walk away with as a result of listening to this episode? That's a good one. <laughs> we talked about obedience, but we also talked about choices. And I want people to not allow their choices to define who they are. None of us are perfect. God is not expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to be perfected through him. Mm. So don't allow your choices to define you. Take a lesson from it. Pick yourself back up. Don't feel guilty. Forgive yourself, pick yourself back up because there's always another day to get it right. So that's not my main thing for people. Just don't let your choices define you. You take a lesson from it. Learn that lesson so you won't repeat it again. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to get into a place of just like feeling guilty and feeling shame for the choices you make. Because if you do that, you're never going to move forward. Oh, we Grace, it sounds like you're telling listeners to give themselves grace. That's, That's right. I'm picking up on. That's I right. Yay. And grace to yourself. <laughs> now, sis, tell everybody where they can find you. And if you have anything going on that's coming up throughout this month of March that you have available for them. Sure. So I'm on the social media streets. You can find me on <laughs> social media streets. You can find me on Instagram, Miss Grace Enable MS, because I'm. Not married. I'm unmarried. Let's get it correct. Okay. Unmarried. So it's MS. Unmarried that. yet. <laughs> Not married. Unmarried yet. yet. Okay. Cause um God knows. God knows. He knows. <laughs> God knows. Listen, his perfect timing. So it's Miss Grace Anabu. You can find me also on Instagram at Woman Arise Academy. That is the 12-month coaching program that I have. So it's at Woman Arise Academy. Also, I'm on LinkedIn, Grace Enabu, Facebook, Grace S.E. Enabu. My business page on Facebook is Smile Biz LLC. Also do run a Facebook group called Woman Arise Tribe, where it's pretty much a sisterhood 
the women in there are maturing spiritually. The group is to help them grow spiritually and of course, kill it in their personal and professional life. Mm -hmm. So join that. And like I always tell people, Tom, listen, you do not have to be sanctified, saved to like, listen. To roll uh, with you because you've been through some things and you know what it's exactly. Like. <laughs> but this ain't about we're not out there like ain't nobody gonna hit you upside the head with scriptures and all that. You know what I'm saying? I do post a lot of faith-driven things in there, but it's to help you grow so you mature. So join it, and I don't want anyone to feel intimidated because they're like, "Well, I don't know all this." No, we want you to join because we want you to grow. We want you to grow in your relationship with God. So wherever level you're at, join. So what I got going on, I do have a masterclass coming up. The deets will, I'll be throwing out the deets. So if you start following me on social media, you're going to see that that's going to be coming up soon. Right now, I do have a program. The Womanize Academy program is a 12 month coaching program that I've launched is open enrollments that you can join that one. The website for that is womanarise.co slash academy apply. You actually have to apply for the academy. Because we're not letting just anybody in. It's application. Listen, and I'll, again, listen. include this in the show notes too. Yeah, it's a premium coaching program. So it's 12 months, including online curriculum. Five weeks be coaching from yours truly. And we dig deep. So this ain't no thing, no fluff. Oh, I'm just coming. If you're not ready to invest in yourself, invest your resources, need not apply. I do not apologize for saying that because that's what it is. I don't yep. want people in there who just... Not about that life. Listen, this is um, the grace y'all gonna get. <laughs> listen, I said, listen, I don't coddle. I don't believe in coddling. It's not, you know, you're in there for transformation, not for someone to be your friend. I'm here to support and hold you accountable. Also, I do do clarity calls. So I do 60 minute clarity calls for people who just need help, just purpose planning. That's wanna slash book 60, the number 60 for that one. But the masterclass be coming up soon. So just follow me, get on my email list. You can even get on my email list. You don't have to do all that. Womanarise.co slash smilebizmember. And you'll be up to date on everything I'm doing. So, okay. That's it in a nutshell. This has been such an amazing conversation. I know that we are also going to go live. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, we are. Make sure you go follow her, join her email list. Ma'am, thank you for tuning in with me and joining oh, no problem. me. And I cannot Can't wait to the live. Y'all going to see yes. me in live in person. Y'all think y'all heard my voice? No, I'm going <laughs> to bring it to y'all. I ain't ready. <laughs> Was that not amazing? Like, really, just sit and think for a second. If you were obedient and you followed through and did what God told you to do, the power in that, the benefits of that. It's just so much. And I'm so grateful that Grace was able to pour into us today. And I know that this has absolutely helped you. And I'm sure that it'll help somebody else that you know as well. So make sure that you share this with somebody who you know needs to hear it. I know how much I used to struggle with obedience. And I'm sure there are other women and friends and family members that may be struggling in the same way. So share this with them. Help them to get free. Help them to understand what's on the other side of that obedience. And make sure that you continue to tune in throughout this month. I will be releasing another episode on Thursday for another woman who is making history. So stay tuned. And again, I will continue this throughout the entire month of March. 
if you have not subscribed or rated this podcast yet, do me a favor. Stop what you're doing, subscribe, and leave a rating. And I want to also thank you guys because listen... We've reached over a thousand downloads in the last two weeks. And I just really want to say thank you guys for tuning in, for listening, for sharing, for sending me messages like it keeps me going. If you are not sure if it matters, I want you to know personally that it matters to me. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me, for being committed to being on your own journey. And you have my word that I'm going to continue to show up. So until I was going to say next week, but in a couple of days, stay tuned, stay blessed, stay healthy. And I look forward to continuing to be your capacity coach and help you create balance between your personal and your professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.